Welcome to Fire and Water, the podcast, coming of age in this age, where we seek to cultivate wise leaders one show at a time. I'm your host, Quinita Robertson, and I'm here today with a special guest, Jojo Pa Maria. Jojo Pa is, oh my gosh, <laughs> how do I start this? The elder, friend, sister, mama, auntie, like all of the above. All that. All of that. <laughs> and so I'm just so happy to um, have you here and be here with me today, Jojo Pa. You know, I always love it when I get to share you with the world. Actually, it's kind of a mixed bag. I kind of love it, but I kind of don't. I kind of want to keep you to myself. I have you that. always say that. <laughs> As it stays, right? But I know like there's enough. Like I can, you know, there's enough of children. Uh, and so I'm just grateful to have you here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, you know, I uh, I asked you to come on the show because my hope is that this is a place where, um, like I said, but we can I can introduce people to some of the elders that I know. And even maybe be introduced myself to some elders that I don't know as well. Absolutely. Um, but how to? But to have a place where we're capturing these conversations, where for me even that I can come back to, that other people can go back to, and listen to some of the wisdom that you carry in this moment. That I know, you know, for me, a lot of what I've gotten from you has has carried me through not just that moment, but as mm. I grow and learn, I go back to it, mm. go back to that well. And there's like another layer sure. of learning and growth for me. So welcome. What would you like to start with? Thank you. Well, I want to share with you my new title. Yes. And it comes um, with the help of Carmen Ray, who is like you, always doing a great job of promoting me. Um, so my new title is Spiritual, no, Shamanic Self-Mastery Guide. Mm-hmm. Isn't that fun? <laughs> we'll see how long that one lasts, but I'm yeah. liking it right now. I'm liking it right now. Um, yeah, you know, first of all, thank you. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, in this work um, of sharing one's gifts, talents, and genius in a highly, highly um, dedicated, committed, um, disciplined spiritual way uh it's 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 not easy and um when i think back to how have i been able to do it how have i been able to let go of believing that if i didn't have health insurance and a regular um paycheck coming in that i was going to die um how did i move out of that belief system to uh, what I call liberated lifestyle. Um, and it's really about resourceful contacts and connections. And um, you're, you've been one of those for me. You know, you gave me um, a landing pad in Ohio as I'm traveling around doing my nomadic um, learning of how to really honor, honor the, um, the Dagra medicine that um, came for me, um, how to integrate it not only into how I share my gifts, my talents, my genius, but into my lifestyle. And uh, I just always remember your openness and willingness 
to hold space and provide space for me uh, two o'clock in the morning. Okay, <laughs> you want about an hour away. Okay, the door's open. Come on in. You know, there'll be some chicken at the table. You know, <laughs> um, go down into my little shaman hut that you had and uh, just, you know, recover. Um, have time for my own tending to um, before I got back on the road. And to have the connection with your children to at mm -hmm. one point help be a caretaker for them, yeah. um, which was really, really powerful for me at a time in my life when I was healing from and letting go of the fact that I'm no children were supposed to come through my body. Um, so, you know, you've just been very um, essential in my growth, my development, my ability to learn how to be on this spiritual path uh in this lifetime and uh you know i love you dearly very close to my heart so thank you thank you for inviting me to your wonderful podcast mm -hmm. i think it's a it's a it's a great great theme and an idea that you placed out mm. okay. thank you thank you you know when we first met over 20 years ago now. That's right, that's right. <laughs> um, it was my first day of work for uh, Public Allies. The gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> 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 it was, it was um, my first day, but actually it was, you were getting ready to leave, to go on leave to care for your mother as she that's was right. transitioning. Right. And um, I remember just meeting you and like I knew I needed to, no more. I didn't know any more than that. I didn't know like what or why or, you know, and it was um almost six months later, a little bit more than six months later. That's I, right. That we were at an all-staff retreat in in Milwaukee. Yeah. And um I remember the first thing I said to you was, I've been waiting for you. Yeah. And I didn't even know why. Right. You know, and, and you just smiled at me kind of like that. And, <laughs> and um, but I just um I knew you had something for me. Maybe vice versa too, right? Like there's uh that we had some contract together this lifetime. Yeah. And um, you know, you coming to my house during those times, like it was mutual. It was like, you know, it was um there's lots of medicine and lots of healing space that you held for me. Um, sometimes I was happy about it. Sometimes not so much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny because I, you know, I have the opportunity to elder some folks these days. And, and I often will say to them, you all think I'm hard on you. Y'all don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea. You have no idea. <laughs> We aren't out in like zero degrees weather doing ritual, <laughs> like, you know, at two o'clock in the morning. But... Two o'clock in the morning. Two o'clock in the morning. Yes, just what it was, right? <laughs> but, but you know, I, I just have, have been so inspired and, um, and um, inspired and held and um, shown by you, by the way that you live your life, what it means to be eldered. <laughs> you know, I think one of the, and I often will say this to people that I know how to elder because I've been eldered well. 
you know, and, and that, um, to have you come to my house when, um, first when my mother-in-law was dying and to just be there to take care of our house and the kids so we could be at the hospital at any point, you know, those moments of showing up is how you learn, how I've learned, oh, I need to show up, <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. and, um, and I think in a time where we are so confused about what eldering is that so often we mistake it for just teachers or guides. But I think there's a big difference between the two. What do you see as the difference in elders mm. and a teacher, a, a person who's who's who can be, and elders mm. can't be teachers and guides, right? <laughs> but right, right. what's the difference between people who are teachers and guides and people who are elders? That's a really great question. And I think it gets into the levels of perception. Um, so teacher and guide is to me at a level of consciousness where there is, uh, an understanding of, I've got something for you. Um, at a lot of times it's an agreement that gets made with a mentor and a teacher, you know, there's some specific um, goal or task in mind. So that's a that's a level of perception of that relationship. But I think what eldering what it is is that there's no specific goal. It's a it's it's at a higher timeline. So it's very energetic. And it is and I think it's the same with teaching mentoring. It's a, it is a two-way street. But at the eldering level, there is because to be an elder, you understand that all that can show up is what you're believing about yourself, that everybody is you pushed out. And what does that mean? That means that you get to see, you get to experience aspects of yourself that you can't see because you can't see behind your eyes. So the universe will bring it in front of your eyes. And, um, and so that's priceless. That's priceless. And so like I said, so it's to me, the eldering is at just a higher timeline, a higher level of perception and understanding about how we are connected and how those connections benefit both persons. Um, yeah, so there's no um, there's no dominance dynamic in eldering. Um, at least in my experience of it, mm -hmm. teaching, mentoring, yeah, definitely there is. Because again, I've got something I'm going to give to you. Yes. But when I'm just being the elder, it's, it's, you know, for me, as I understand it, I have to show up and hold space. Mm -hmm. And I have to um, give myself permission to <clears throat> set a boundary and hold a boundary in regards to I'm here to share my wisdom energetically. Mm -hmm. So with eldering, a lot of times I don't have to instruct you. I don't have to tell you. I may respond to something, but it, it's a lot about just the presence. Mm -hmm. And when I think about our relationship, you know, a lot of that, of the, that's what it was for me um, to just show up and be present and to have my presence do for you what it needed to do, as yours was doing for me. 
You know, I mean, at a level for me, it was about, you know, survival. <laughs> I need a place. I need a bed to sleep in. <laughs> I need a pillow under my head. <clears throat> I need some food, you know. Um, but really, it was, you know, this opportunity to show up and share my gifts, my talents, my genius in this higher level way. Absolutely. Yeah. I think one of the new pieces that I'm learning in the eldering, um, I think I've always gotten that, yes, it's an exchange that's happening. And I've even held a piece of, there's a different level of responsibility yeah. for the elder in the relationship, you know? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But I'm learning how to hold that responsibility and still share more of myself. You know, um, the other thing that I um, that has shown up for me is this piece around um, people allowing it to be in their own time. Absolutely. You know, it's like, so I'm here and I know, you know, there's a woman who was in one of our fire and water cohorts who she had gotten out of the program and it was months later and she reaches out because she had an issue with something that I did or said or whatever. And, and it just so happens that I was able to go and talk with her. Um, and I, one of the things I said to her was that I was waiting for her to be ready. Like it wasn't mine to bring to her. No, no, not at you all. Know? And so learning that piece more and more too, like trusting, Absolutely. trusting their timing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, again, as an elder, you're not going to hold people to their behavior. Yeah. Or to this lifetime. <laughs> um, you know, your job is to see all of who they really are and how big they are. It's like what my elders did for me. Mm -hmm. They recognized me. They validated me um, from the very first moment of my coming into to contact with them. Um, and that is really, really, really powerful, you know, because we all need that. We need that level of, of validation that we are so much more than our 3D consciousness, so much more than our bodies, you know, so much more than what we think we know about how the universe works. <laughs> and so to have that validation happen. And so it happens because as an elder, you know you're a vessel. Um, that's why Enseroma as that part of my name is so critical in helping me remember, you know, that I am in service to a greater order and direction. And that I'm a vessel for the greater order and direction's light to come through me for someone. I don't need to make it up or figure it out. I just need to be willing, just to be willing to serve as that vessel. So, you know, in my personal life, I can be crazy as all heck or, you know, <laughs> no people that have been around me, they're like, she's so spiritual, but her mouth, she's got, she, she uses profanity so much, you know. <laughs> Some of it is on Pisces and Gemini, got Gemini <laughs> rising. So, you know, you always get these four people fighting for control at any one time. Um, but it doesn't matter, you know, because when you're a vessel, then what is for that person will come through you. And your job is to stay out of the way of that. And that's a real challenge. Um, that's why you don't just become an elder overnight. 
you have to really go through learning how to self-master and know the difference between your ego and the echo. And the ego is when you're edging God out and you're really thinking that you're responsible for whatever, and you're the one that's doing the healing or, you know, whatever craziness that is. The echo is what I call engaging cosmic opportunities. And when we're in that level of consciousness, then we get it that, you know, we are co-creating, we're part of the divinity is within, you know. And so to, to you know, transcend the ego, you you got to feel the pain. You got to feel the pain of what it's like when somebody doesn't like you. Yeah. The pain of when somebody's in resistance to what you're saying or, or trying to say, um, you know, that you are doubting yourself. Am, am I really able to be a vessel? Can I, can I hold this energy? Am I supposed to be holding this energy? You know, uh, that's all ego stuff. And you, you know, you, you got to go through that. You got to go through that experience of, of living the developmental process so that you're not interfering with what being an elder really means now because I'm, I'm i'm an elder am i never doubting and this and that no i'm human you know i wake up in the morning but now it only lasts for about five seconds where before it might have lasted five months mm-hmm. um and so that's what happens like the the more the longer the longer we're in practice of remembering the truth of who we are the less time we spend not being in it mm-hmm. yeah yeah. And, and it's, it's just a developmental process, you know, absolutely. What are some of the questions that you're carrying these days? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, but you know, I have to say that it's not so much questions. Um, it's more about curiosity as to how what I know is where the world is headed, how that comes about. Um, so where's the world headed? It, it's really important for people to understand we really are in what's called the age of Aquarius and you can Google that. I even did a little piece on it, try to break it down for people. But basically, you know, ancient peoples figured out the amount of time it takes for our solar system to go around the center of the galaxy, which the Mayan called the Hanukkah, um, you know, and now uh, the scientists call it a Sagittarius A star. Uh, and so it takes something like 260,000 years. Even though we're traveling right now at like uh, four, 4 million miles a second. Okay. To give you an idea of the amount of, you know, the distances and stuff that, you know, Whoo! Yeah, it's huge. So they figured that out and noticed that in that cycle of going around the center of the galaxy, humans evolve. Um, and I use this quick example of notice that we're no longer going to the Colosseum to see people getting eaten by lions. Doesn't mean we're not still <clears throat> violent, but now we go to see a football game or a soccer game, uh, you know. Um, but the way in which our violence shows up has shifted. And again, it's not, it's not that way. So what happened? How did that shift, right? So there is 
as we understand, and there's still a lot of mystery to it, that we are on a evolutionary trajectory that is cyclical. So there are things that come around again, but it's at a higher level of our understanding, perception, or consciousness. So just like the war in Ukraine, most people will say, really, why is this happening? This is not okay. Whereas back in, during the times of World War I, World War II, you know, that was more understood. Well, yeah, of course you want to take their territory. <laughs> it's like, why, why would you not? That's what we do, you know? Um, so we're in this evolutionary process and I know that as a truth. I know that to evolve, there's going to be disruption. Um, it's Carolyn Meese in her um, Sacred Contracts information, her seminal work, where she talks about divine logic is chaos. And human chaos, and so human chaos is divine logic, and human logic is chaotic for the divine. And what does that mean? That means that, you know, things will get shaken up. You know, I think what happened in Turkey and Syria is definitely an example of the shaking of the earth, which is prophecy that the Hopi and the, and the, um, the Hopi nation, and I think Lakota Sutu, and other, you know, other indigenous folks, probably from Australia, New Zealand, and in Africa, you know, understand and talk about and so why is the earth shaking? And the earth is shaking to wake us up and to wake us up to the call that we're being you know, pulled to, which is the coming together of all the races. Um, like the Hopi call it the rainbow tribe. We're ready to be the rainbow tribe. <clears throat> and what COVID did unquestionably is have us have to accept the fact that we are now a global So firm on the moments, get understanding that we have because COVID starts in China and I have friends in Wausau, Wisconsin that got it. So it traveled all around the world and it traveled fast and there wasn't any discrimination didn't say, oh, well, this country's well off, so we won't go there, you know. Um, no, it, it, it's something that touched all human beings. So that's a, that's a phenomenon for us right now. And to me, that's, that message will keep coming back, keep coming back. Um, you're in this together. You're not separated. You're done with that belief system. That's the old paradigm. And we really don't know, and we don't even have enough brain power right now to really understand what diversity, equity, and inclusion really, really is about. And yeah. so we reduce it to this thing about black or white, masculine or feminine, gay or straight, uh, tall or small, you know, it, it's yeah. some, some way that, you know, right now and again, that our brains can maybe handle it. But to me, that's all a distraction because the real issue that keeps us separated is this belief that the money will save you. Mm -hmm. And so we have a dominance culture, which has been on the planet for every culture because it's 
what the feudal system was about. So everybody's had that hierarchical state of who gets to sit at the table and eat the bread and who goes in the kitchen to make the bread, right? Mm -hmm. um, who's, who is chosen to be privileged in how it is that they get to experience life and those who were born to suffer and struggle and die? right? The disposable people. So this is a paradigm everybody on the planet knows about, but we're being asked now to transcend that and to dismantle this dominance dynamic and to really realize that, you know, the cure for cancer might not come from somebody who goes to Caltech. It may come from some child in a village someplace that hardly has internet, but this child is born with the knowledge for how to cure cancer. Like, <laughs> you know, and so why would you want to label there's something wrong growing up in that village? Why wouldn't you want to honor and value every living being that comes onto the planet? So it's in direct opposition right now to how our economy is structured, how our uh, institutions are structured, because everything right now in what I call the dark ages of modernity is really, um, you know, fabricated off of this belief that there are chosen ones and there are unchosen ones. So to break that up, we've got to really open up and begin to allow ourselves to really connect with people who are different than us. And what does that mean? Does that mean that I'm going to put myself in danger, <laughs> put myself around people who are choosing fear over love? No, but it means that I, I can open up and look at myself and say, you know what? I don't know everything. And my way of life isn't the only way of life. And there are different cultures and there are different um, religious belief systems, you know? Um, and my thing is how do we begin to give ourselves more permission, um, especially those of us who are like me, baby boomers, to really indulge in learning a different culture or understanding a different culture, not again, in a place of comparison between what you do and what they don't, but just to honor it, to have reverence for it. I call it cultural reverence and to value the fact that it exists. And so to get to that level of consciousness, what has to happen? Um, and, and that's kind of where I'm curious you know, like, okay, like what, what's it going to take, you know, <laughs> yeah. for, you know, this level of diversity, equity, and inclusion to emerge, um, you know, at a, in a, in a, in a, you know, in a greater way. Yeah. And I know music can do it. And I was telling you the story of there I am in Pasadena, in the heart of the campus for Caltech, one of the geekiest places on the planet. And in this little corner market, the ginger corner market. Yeah, if you go to Pasadena, who's ever listening to this, go to the ginger corner market, look it up. And this um, the woman who's the owner is a happens to be a white woman and she's the baker. She bakes all this beautiful stuff. And her um, partner is a Latino man. And he looked to be about maybe in his 20s. But they had on their boom box with 70s soundtrack that I was just loving because that's my time, you know. And I'm there eating the sandwich. It was good sandwich too. Like she <laughs> she make a half sandwich that like a whole one, you know. 
like she's she's sister. And uh, I'm eating a sandwich and I hear these bass notes and I know it's George Clinton flashlight. <laughs> I know it. I'm just like, oh no, oh no, they didn't go there. They didn't go there. And so then I just stand up and start dancing. And then we start talking about the music and she got tickets to Janet Jackson that's coming up. The sous chef knows all this music, mentioned Tower Power. A lot of people don't know about that group. And saying that, yeah, I love that music. The 70s is the best and I'm teaching it to my daughters. And, you know, and there was another customer there. He's in on the conversation. And, you know, we were all from this diverse background brought together by the music. And so, you know, I know that there are other other tools, other resources, right? That that will be able to do that. And but I'm yeah, I'm just curious. I'm just curious of how it all begins to form where we get it that we we're all connected. Yeah. I do love music. And one of the things I was saying to my friend Barbara recently was uh you don't even have to know the language for music to bring us together, right? Like, absolutely. Saying, being a, you know, having a background in, in singing myself, absolutely. like singing other languages and not knowing the language, but knowing that song and how it can build bridges even through absolutely. vibration that comes, right? Absolutely. And yeah. I think about too, Sabung Fu Some talking about the beat of the drum is the tuning yeah. of the soul, right? Yes. And absolutely. so there's a way in which we get retuned. <laughs> Yes, it's yeah. so it's so important. And, you know, there's a lot of fear right now and pessimism and, you know, the shaking of the earth is no joke. I live in an earthquake zone. I'm in part of the, the ring of, of fire. And, um, you know, it's it's a time in which, you know, there really is no safe place Um in the way that we believed and experienced before. Because once kindergarten children can be shot down, um, you know, in cold blood, and we still haven't done anything to really address that, um, the safety in the schools hasn't really been addressed. Um, so you get kids waking up every morning and going out the door and not knowing if they're going to come back. Um, to a much larger degree than kids who grew up in, you know, in metropolitan areas and urban areas where that's just your reality every day. You don't know if the stray bullet is going to get you or whatever. Um, so it's, it's, it's a really, it's a really challenging time to find some hope and to be positive. Um, but it's essential. It's so essential that we do that. Because one of the things I do know, too, is that you can't get to connecting with others if you're not connected to yourself and connected to yourself how? In unconditional love. And the another big problem with the dark ages of modernity is it's fallen into the belief that the only way people will spend their money is if they believe there's something missing, wrong, um, you know, something they're missing out on, something they need in order to be okay. And so we get all of these messages very consistently through every media outlet or every billboard. Uh, you know, there's always somebody telling you there's something wrong with you. And someone sent me a link to 
uh, I guess it's a recent report about um, black women really are having a hard time, you know, or something like that. I, I say something like that because I didn't read it. I just saw the title and I'm like, no, 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 no. This is a distraction. Um, black woman been had it hot. You know, like, this, <laughs> this ain't, new information. This ain't new nothing. Information. This ain't nothing to what Josepha had to go through back in 1789, you know? Um, and the fact that despite despite the adversity um, that we we existed in, um, that we put up with, we still found ways to succeed. We still found ways to be free. Um, um, you know, CJ, Madam C.J. Walker, how do you become a millionaire during the height of Jim Crow, you know, as a Black woman in America? You know, um, yeah. So to me, that's not really the story about what's going on for Black women right now. Yeah. It's hard for everybody. Yeah. So we don't need to be singled out. It's hard for everybody. But for Black women, this really is a beautiful time on the planet. Um, the age of Aquarius is the age of the divine feminine. It's the age of women, and in particularly Black women, because of what we carry in our bones. Um, you can't suckle the enemy's children and 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 still keep going unless you got something deep inside of you that you understand about life and your connection to the divine. Yeah. And so we've moved into a time now where we're able to be liberated in all ways, physically, emotionally, psychologically, socially, um, spiritually. Um, so it's a great time. And so I, I don't want to spend my time, and I ask people also, not don't spend your time reading about what's wrong with you. Look for things that are saying, Oh, black women are so amazing. All that they've come through. And here's what the things they're doing now to make the world a better place. Yeah. You know, then you read about that. Yeah. Um, so again, we've got to really choose to learn to love ourselves and to say no to any information that's going to make us feel like there's something wrong with us. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't have challenges and, you know, whether it's um, physical, mental, emotional, whatever. No, we're going to have those challenges. But those things are there for us to take on so that we can what? Get get stronger. Yeah. You know, the theme that my guides gave to me for 2023, which in the wisdom I keep, as you know, is a nature year. And it's it's nature in in regards to honoring the cycles of change and growth and also about connectedness, you know, and they said adversity is the engine of success, that mm. <laughs> that's how we need to perceive it, yeah. to not stay in a victim consciousness when you get some pushback, when you get some criticism or some To have to say, you know what? I don't agree with that. Yeah. I don't agree with that. And, oh, I'm getting some pushback. Oh, I must be doing the right thing. I must be telling the truth because nobody want to hear that. So, of course, it's going to be a problem, you know. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and when adversity shows up too, like I had some in, in December to kick my butt was really powerful. <laughs> when adversity shows up, it's a way to help us remember the truth of who we are. Yeah. To remember the truth of who you are. Um, I feel that. Because, yeah, and it gives us another opportunity to claim that, to step into it. Um, rather than run from it yeah. um, or doubt it, you know, uh, yeah, mm. you know what I'm saying. I do. So it's that's really that's really key for us to be walking with that this year. Yeah. So I can't let this podcast go by and not ask you <laughs> about um, a movie. <laughs> that you feel <laughs> is present right now that has lots to teach people. Um, yeah, I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, wow. Mm. Wow. I, I didn't think I'd be talking about this morning, but um, <laughs> it, it's, it, it's coming. It's right here. And it got nominated for Academy Award. And it's it's so not what it seems. So when you watch it a first time, you may just be like, what is this? It's a real piece of cinema because it doesn't have action in it in the way that we've been brought to believe action needs to happen in a movie. So when a cinema is storytelling, powerful storytelling, that's, yeah, it's worthy of an Academy Award nomination. And- um, What was the name of Kind of it's alert. called the Banshees of Inishri. The Banshees of Inishri. And it's not an easy movie to watch, but it's an important movie to watch because the writer, who's also the director, understands the, you know, the, the, what goes into healing storytelling, storytelling that heals. Um, so he has some images in there that you're just horrified by um, and hints of things that you may not get to see the action, but you know from what he's presenting, what's going on for that person. Yeah. And um, it's a love story. Mm. It really is a love story. And basically, here's the the trouble. The trouble is you've got these two men who grew up together on this little island off of Ireland, you know, um, across the bay, because it takes place in like the 1920s, so early 20th century. Across the bay, they see the bombing and the, the violence, you know, evidence of the violence going on between the troubles. This is when, you know, the British and the Irish were were. were fighting the protestants and catholics were really fighting um and this little island is set apart but it's showing you the conflict that shows up there and so it's these two men grew up together and one of them tells the other one i don't like you anymore and i don't want to talk to you don't talk to me stop talking to me i don't i don't like you so it's this love story about heartbreaking, heartbreakingness, and 
learning, you know, and the movie to me is teaching about that transference of pain from one person to the other. And it's also teaching about the beloved relationship in a way that is not male and female. And this isn't, a, they're not having a sexual relationship. This is really about love. Mm. And um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's so subtle in what it does. And music is prominent in it because one of them is a musician, he's a violinist. Um, it's so subtle in what it does in the way that it's filmed that you come away with it, you know, feeling, okay, what just happened? Like something in my psyche got shook. Mm. And I think it's an excellent film for this time. And I'm glad the Academy had enough sense to, you know, acknowledge it because it could easily have been swept aside, I think. But I think it's so powerful for this time because it's letting us know that that's what's going on in the world. Yeah. You know, that there are certain people saying, I don't love you. I don't love you anymore. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be bothered with you. Yeah. And to get an understanding about why that's happening. You know, because that to me is Russia and Ukraine, you know. Yeah. Russia saying, I don't love you anymore. And I'm mm. I want to deal with I want to get rid of you. I don't I want I don't want you around, you know. I want to destroy you. Yeah. Mm. And uh it's it's not only Russia and Ukraine. I think it's what's happening in the American political system. Yeah. You know, Democrat to Republican, Republican to Democrat. I don't like I don't love you anymore. I don't like you anymore. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it's it's just very powerful, brings up some stuff. And what those those experiences that we're seeing played out, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's nationally, whether it's in, a um, you know, between two countries, um, you know, internationally or if it's, you know, happening globally. Um, yeah, really, really powerful. And, you know, uh, things like Black Panther and The Woman King, you know, <laughs> those are pretty obvious. I think I'm hoping, yeah. you know, I'm hoping. Yeah, I've seen both of them three times, I think, but because <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> I just had to go back. It was, yeah. one, I, yeah. you know, every time yeah. there's more. Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, another one I'll throw in there that also is nominated. It's the time of the Chinese woman, um, divine feminine, like I said, and that's everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. oh my God. Again, another love story, this time between parent and child and what happens, you know, what happens when you never loved me comes mm -hmm. up. You never loved me. You never wanted me. Um, but yeah, the way that, and also bringing in this message about the multidimensionality yeah. of our existence, very powerfully done. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, those, yeah, those movies have shown up for a reason, you know? Yeah. 
you know, I couldn't have this conversation with you and who you are with movies <laughs> and not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh <laughs> I keep waiting for, you know, that's a whole series that you need to do. Like, that's a whole that's series. A, like, break know. down the Wizard of Oz again. Yeah. Yes. Wizard of Oz, all of them, right? We have Antoine Fisher. You know, that. <laughs> you know, I had to mention that one. Um, Absolutely. All of them. Absolutely. So yeah. I, periodically I, I yeah. show that and watch it with people. And yes. it's just such a, be a black woman speaks, you know, and Absolutely. it's hard to find if you, you know, cause you can't, you have to look under um, women um, filmmakers. Of course. So, yeah. Yeah. To find, find it. it. Yeah. But it's so powerful. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. So what are anything that I didn't ask you that you would like to add to this space? So that's a lovely question. Let's see what is wanting to be communicated. Um, no, I, I think, I think people are questioning why hold on? Um, why hold on to life? Why hold on to a job? Why hold on to, you know, myself even? Why, why hold on? Um, and um, I, the other day, met a man, happened to be a Black man in the supermarket, and we just get into this conversation, you know, about the Black experience, in California versus in the Midwest in New York <laughs> and, you know, into politics, you know, and, and uh, he, the landscape artist and a filmmaker, you know, it's like, you know, they had some things in common. He went to Harvard. I went to Fordham. He was a literature major. I was too, you know, but we just had this incredibly deep and powerful conversation. And at the end of it, he said to me, I really get pessimistic. I really feel pessimistic. Now, this is somebody, again, brilliant, brilliant, you know. Um, but again, why should I hang on? Because that to me, when you go into pessimism, that's what you're saying. Why should I hang on? And so um, to me, that is the question that we all need to be asking ourselves why, so that we go into the remembering, mm -hmm. the remembering about why we came, mm -hmm. why we're here. I think when you go into pessimism, it's because you're starting to believe the lower timeline, which is what I can see, touch, taste, smell, hear, feel, you know? But our existence, like the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once shows, it's multidimensional. It goes beyond the five senses and into a fourth dimensional experience and a fifth dimensional experience, which is like telepathy. That's what people need to understand about 5D. It's a telepathy. telepathy. It's where you can receive and have conversations with either inanimate things or things or people who aren't physically present to you. Yeah. Yeah. And we are moving toward getting that that is a reality. I mean, this is, you know, what the theoretical physicists are really working with. Uh, Einstein and them got it. 
but it's translating it. This is what quantum physics is really about. Um, nothing is what it seems. It's so much more. Yeah. You know, the earth isn't what it seems. It's so much more. It knows what it's doing. We're the ones that yeah. <laughs> we're the ones that need help. Um, <laughs> and so you're here for a purpose. And pessimism is another form of distraction from what you came here to do. And, you know, again, we're in, a, in the dark ages of modernity. It's believed that if you're not famous, if you, if you don't have um, 5.2K uh, subscribers on your YouTube channel, <laughs> <laughs> that you don't matter. And um, you know what I'm saying? So that notoriety, that demonstrating that, you know, people are following you or listening to you or that, you know, people want what you have, whatever, you know, we, we use that as a form of, to measure success, to measure I'm okay. And the problem with that is, is that those are just mm, experiences that aren't going to last. Um, you know, that's why, you know, what is a famous, um, thing from, um, uh, the Romans, you know, they'd come back from war and they'd get the laurel leaves put on their head and they'd have the Oracle there whispering in their ear, this is not going to last, you know, to remind them that this is just a moment, you know, you're 10 minutes in the sun, whatever. Yeah. But if you if you begin to try to make that be what it's not supposed to be, um, I think then it's easy to become very pessimistic. So I really ask people to think about if I matter, if I can believe that I matter, my existence is enough. What is something I do that I like to do that seems like it's not doing anything? <laughs> because it's doing something and it needs to be something that is loving and it needs to be something that is generative generative meaning what that you could do it over and over and over again so for example um if i love watching movies that have a, a, a powerful story in them and it makes me feel good and makes me laugh and I do that on a regular basis, I'm contributing to the vibration of merriment, you know, of happiness into the world. If I, you know, like to sweep and make sure that my front step is clean, and I do that all the time, I'm putting out an energetic that says, you know, I, 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 I care, I care about my environment. You know, I care about myself and that energetic goes out because it's really about the energetic yeah. that is really important. What energetic are you creating for yourself? Because that's what's going to go out to others. And if we're creating an energetic of believing that things don't ever change, you know, that the conditions we're going through right now, which, like I said, are evolutionary is the only truth, is the only truth, um, then yeah, you're going to be in pessimism. And if you're in pessimism, that's a negative vibration that goes out and it tethers things to, you know, makes them sludgy. Let me say that. Yeah, it just makes it sludgy. Yeah. But when you realize that, you know, my taking time to 
take a walk and hug a tree is putting out a vibration of love energy into the universe, you know. Then there's a flow energy going on. The sludge isn't there. So any free thing we do, no matter how big or small, it matters. Yeah. And if you're feeling pessimistic, if you're feeling like this is the end of the world, and there's a lot of messages out there on YouTube and media about that, you know, this is the end times, the apocalypse, Earth is being shaken because we're all going to die. No, we all going to die anyway. Get over it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't care how much protein and right kind of exercise and stuff. And thank God we have elders now that are able to keep their bodies nice and fit. They're aging from a place of joy and happiness. But at some point, they're going to go. It's yeah. like we're done. That's we're going to let's start looking at you live it. My message is you get a choice. You're either living to die or you're dying to live. Yeah. You wake up excited about, oh, my God, what's going to happen today? What's going to show up today? You know, and that doesn't mean we don't grieve what's gone, going on in Turkey and in Syria or in um, Ukraine or in those places in Africa that nobody's talking about because they, too, have an experience of someone coming into their land and taking over. And it's for oil, like in Sudan, you know, uh, what's going on in Burkina Faso. Yes. You know, in terms of the religious stuff, you know, and one sect of Islam that my friend um, is pra practices um, is is looked down upon by people, you know, practicing another form of Islam. And, you know, it's it's all that kind of stuff is going on. Yes. But it all has purpose. Mm -hmm. And our job is to open up to learning, you know, how we keep finding the light, finding the love for ourselves so that we can share that with us. So we can hold space for somebody who's grieving, mm -hmm. you know, um, hold space for somebody who's afraid, uh, you know, hold space for someone who can't use their voice, but you can for them, you know, you can advocate for them, you know, and, uh, but being mindful about the pessimism, yeah, it's a distraction to what we really can do, which is to choose to have hope, mm. you know, to live, to walk by faith and to understand this or want to learn how to understand what's going on as an evolutionary process rather than the end time. Something ending, that's for sure, <laughs> yes. but it ain't, you know, Yes. It's not what people think. Yeah. Mm. That shit. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your yes for today and sharing all your wisdom with us. Oh, and, my God. And I will add to the podcast information where people can reach out and, and get in touch with you and be updated on what you're up to and what offerings that you have in the world, too. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for giving me platform to share you know, what are my views, my experience, my beliefs, but I hope that um, my words and, and my enthusiasm for life is of service to someone who may be, you know, really questioning, why should I hold on? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, um, again, I thank the listeners today for 
being here and listening to what we're offering. And this has been Fire and Water, the podcast. And if you want to find out more, you can reach out to um, me at mizuzu.com. And um, Jojo Pa's information will be listed with the podcast as well. Sure. Thank you.